Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host. Let's go out there and have a good day, all right, buddy? Dave Buchanan. Morning, race fans. 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to a Mother's Day edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, especially all those racing moms and even more the moms that like to race. Happy Mother's Day. Hope you have a great one. Happy Mother's Day to my wife, my mom, and my mother-in-law, and uh, again, all the racing moms out there. Hope you have a great day, and it's another great weekend in Buffalo. Well, the weather outside, you know, it's kind of crappy today, but the Bandits won again last night, moving on to the NLL Cup Finals. Uh, As usual, my... Thoughts here on a Sunday morning. You're distracted by that, but another great game last night in Bandit Land coming out on top 12-8. What a wild game. Uh, right off, the, I'll get my Bandit thoughts out of the way here and then move on to racing, but I, I guess I got to do that after I did it last week too. Uh, right out of the gate, 2-2, two, two, four goals in five minutes, and the game settled down, and everybody was kind of on edge, and there wasn't a goal for over 18 minutes. And then, boom, it was 3-2 Toronto, and the next thing you knew, it was 8-3 Buffalo. And like, all right, we got something here. They're going to you know, take this one the distance. And then, of course, in true Toronto fashion, they got on a run and came back, and it was 8-7. And you're like, oh, no, here we go again. Another uh, collapse in front of the Toronto Rock. But, no, Buffalo snapped out of it. They go on a four-goal run, go up 11-7, and then that was it. Uh, 12-8, the final last night. Matt Vince, amazing once again. Uh, as Mike said in the update, Dane Smith had a huge night. Corey Small, the stick was hot for Corey Small in his first year in Buffalo. Uh, a hat trick last night for Smallsy. Um, Chase Frazier, two, he had two huge goals in that four-goal run. Uh, great game for Frazier. And then Sean Evans, uh, two huge goals, and, and thanks in part to two huge screens from Thomas Hogarth. So great team effort. Moving on to the NLL Cup Finals, I am pumped. Uh, it's been a great season, and hopefully you will be in Banditland this Saturday night for Game 1 of the Finals against Calgary. It'll be a huge series. Calgary is a lot like the Bandits. A lot of high scoring, a really great goaltender. Uh, this this will be a fun one with Del Bianco and Nett for the Roughnecks, and then Dane Doby, Curtis Dixon, Reese Dutch. They, they have just as much talent as the Bandits do on offense. So this could be – it's either going to be like – 17-16, or it's going to be 8-7, to seven, basically. I think all three, well, two, maybe three games of the series. So, But looking forward to it. Okay, back to Fast Track. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest to kick off the program. But again, uh, 
Great day of racing yesterday, too. Lots going on uh, as NASCAR was in Kansas for last night's race, the Digital Ally 400, and you had IndyCar kicking off the month of May with the Indy Grand Prix uh, in the rain there yesterday at the Brickyard. Uh, we'll talk more about that in the second segment of the program. We're going to talk a little bit about the race last night here to open up the show, but also want to mention coming up on today's program in about 10 minutes, uh, lots going on in the Western New York racing community, especially on the pavement side. Uh, two very interesting uh, news stories this week concerning local racing. One coming from uh, Holland Speedway, formerly the track at Hillside. Uh, the Bennett family has uh, removed Daniel Hutchinson as the property le- leasee, and uh, the Bennetts have reassumed control of the facility. They've dropped the track at Hillside 8. Holland Speedway is back, and uh, their, their events this year are to be determined. But uh, probably good news for the future of Holland Speedway going forward. The other big news uh, continues to be over at Lancaster with the new ownership group uh, f- officially taking over last week. Uh, slowly news trickling out about what the season's going to be for the drags and the stock cars. We got official word this week that the stock car program is going to be operated by the management and staff of the Race of Champions series. And Joe Scott Nicky and his staff, they're going to put on a six-race stock car program at Lancaster, which is great, uh, including three modified races, the uh, you know the three kind of big traditional races for the modified, the Old Boy Cup, which will kick off the season in June. The Tommy Tony 110 is coming back to Lancaster. It was briefly moved to Spencer when uh, things at Lancaster weren't looking so great, but it's coming back to its rightful home in August. And then, of course, the U.S. Open in September. So stock car racing will be on this year at Lancaster for six dates, plus a full drag racing schedule. And we're going to talk all about that with one of the new owners of the facility. Vito Antonacelli is going to join us here in about eight minutes on the program in his first public interview uh, on the radio since taking over along with Mike Swinarski. So looking forward to talking to Vito here in just about eight minutes. Uh, we're on Twitter. You can hit us up on, on Twitter at, at FastTrack550 uh, and, and Facebook.com slash WGRFastTrack. You can also call us, of course. Phone lines are open here this morning, 803-0551-888-550-2550. As Brad Keselowski going to victory lane last night at Kansas for his third win of the season. It's amazing. Uh, it's Kind of looking like last year where the, a group of drivers is kind of hoarding all the wins, especially here early on in the regular season. You know, we're through uh, 12 races and six drivers have all the wins so far here in 2019. Not spreading them out is Keselowski now has three to tie Kyle Busch along with uh, Denny and Martin Truex winning a pair apiece and Logano and Chase Elliott with one each. Uh, only six drivers winning so far in 2019, and Keselowski now has the hat trick after uh, getting by Alex Bowman late to steal the win at Kansas. And, uh, you know, it was good. It was a good race. It was a good finish to the race. That's probably the most important thing. It did start out, um, the, the starts were obviously real wild, a lot of three wide, four wide action. Uh, that's, of course, part of the aero package. That's the good part of the aero package, especially in short runs where the field can stay bunched up, but in, still it's a mile-and-a-half track, and on those long runs, especially in the first and second stage, the leaders were able to pull away. As We saw that with Kevin Harvick. Uh, he and Boyer kind of took off early on in the race, and he really dominated the first stage uh, virtually, you know, pretty much uncontested, you know, early on in the race, even through the competition caution and everything. And then uh, the second stage, uh, Harvick led that early on. Then they had the green flag stop, and then uh, Chase Elliott wound up uh, winning the stage, and he kind of drove on uh, once he got hold of the lead in that second stage. So not a whole lot of action really in the first two stages. And the third stage kind of started out that way too. Harvick had the lead again once the third stage started. 
But then things went awry for uh, Happy Harvick because he thought he had a problem with the right front, and then he had that tear-off, that windshield tear-off caught up on the grill uh, of the uh, the Bush number 4 car for Stuart Haas Racing, and he had to go to the pits because obviously the overhe- potential for overheating with the grill covered up, and again, he thought he might have had a tire going down, and once that happened, things then got really interesting, and that's when the race turned fun, and it had a great conclusion to the race. Uh, you know, Alex Bowman got the lead, but then it was, you know, it was Bowman and it was Keselowski uh, and it was uh, Eric Jones and Chase Elliott or Chase Elliott were all up there. Ricky Stenhouse was up there trading the league back and forth, you know, within the the final uh, 75 or 100 or so laps last night. And that was exciting to see that Bowman didn't get away and that Keselowski and Jones and Elliott were able to kind of stay within shouting distance. Uh, you know, keep close with Bowman there late in the race. He didn't pull away like we saw kind of in the first two thirds of the race where Harvick and Elliott pulled away in the first and second stage. Uh, Bowman was not able to pull away. And that's when we saw that the package, the new arrow package sort of works and it's slightly improving the race. Still a ways, you know, still some work needs to be done. The package was not helpful last week at Dover. Uh, the race at Dover last week was not very good. It was very hard to pass. Kyle Busch had some very colorful comments following the race, some uh, language I can't use on a Sunday morning on uh, Buffalo Radio about the package. And uh, so it wasn't good last week at Dover, but last night at Kansas we saw that it does can make the racing better. It did help, though, that Harvick had that issue. If Harvick had not had something on his grill or maybe thought had a flat on the right front of the four car, he might have stayed out and might have kind of uh, pulled away from everybody. But instead, uh, we got a really nice finish of that race, and hopefully we can continue to see more of that on mile-and-a-half tracks, especially in a couple of weeks for the 600 at Charlotte because that race uh, you know, tends to – obviously, it's a long race to begin with, but we, we've seen – you know, the, the Martin Truex beat down in that race a couple of years ago, uh, made for a long night in Charlotte for everybody watching. So hopefully when they go to it, the next week is the all-star race at Charlotte, but they're going to tweak some rules and, and try some things out for the future in that race. But the 600 in Charlotte in the week after that, hopefully the, uh, Racing will be uh, just as entertaining as we saw at the end of the Kansas race. So Keselowski got the win his third of the year. Alex Bowman. How about Alex Bowman, though? Third race in a row. He finished the second. Uh, I'm sure he'd love to win, but still great for that young man and still great for Hendrick Motorsports as uh, they're starting to pick up some steam. They had a really good night last night. Uh, they didn't get the win, as I said, but still some good efforts as, as we go through here, the, the rest of the results. But I thought uh, Bowman's been coming on strong here. Three second-place finishes in a row. That's great news for them. Eric Jones finished. Finishing third, did not make friends with Clint Boyer <laughs> late in the race, and, and Boyer was not happy with uh, Eric Jones there at the end. Chase Elliott, uh, despite the penalty uh, that put him at the rear of the field to start the race, we'll talk about that in a sec, uh, still comes home fourth, and he is on a nice little hot streak now since he won at Talladega. He's up to fourth in the point standings now um, in a stage win last night, and then Clint Boyer running out the top five. As I said, though, not thrilled with Eric Jones as they got together late. Jimmy Johnson, one of his better runs of the year, finishing sixth. Again, look at that for Hendrick. Second, uh, fourth, and sixth. That's pretty good uh, for for the Hendrick crew there as they've struggled. Kurt Busch, seventh. Kyle Larson, eighth. Tyler Reddick. Uh, I don't think we've I've mentioned him at all this season on the program. The rookie uh, for Richard Childress Racing in the 31 car, the former Dirt Late Model driver, former Xfinity Series champ, coming home ninth. Pretty good for him. And Kurt, excuse me, Kurt, Chris Busher, top 10 finish for Busher. Uh, he shows flashes uh, as a, as he could be a, a quite the talented driver. Uh, he's in the JTG Doherty equipment. 
Maybe if he's if he's uh, can't talk this morning. If he was in better equipment, he could be even better. But uh, Busher still impressive. Tenth place last night for him in the thirty seven car. Uh, Stenhouse led a few laps. He comes home in eleventh. Harvick wound up thirteenth after he got back on the lead lap after having to take that unscheduled green flag pit stop. But he comes home thirteenth, still without a win here in twenty nineteen. Uh, Joey Logano. Uh, looked strong early on coming through the field. Again, another driver that had to go to the rear at the start of the night, but had to settle for 15th last night. Denny Hamlin brushed the wall at one point, came home 16th. Martin Truex, uh, who went at Dover last week, finishes in 19th. William Byron in 20th. Uh, Ryan Priest coming home in 25th. Kyle Busch uh, in, had problems last night, and he came home 30th, and uh, his streak of top 10 finishes to start the year was snapped with that. Ryan Blaney, a rough night. He's kind of in a rough patch right now. He comes home in 32nd, and that's kind of it for notable names uh, in the field last night. But, uh, again, still, I thought, a pretty exciting race. And, uh, again, Keselowski, you know, coming home third. So looking at the points, Joey Logano, your points leader, up by nine over Kyle Busch. Then you've got Harvick in third. Again, the only driver up there without a win, but obviously he'll be the first car in on points if the playoffs were to start today, but still a ways to go. Elliott, Keselowski, Hamlin, Truex, Kurt Busch, Boyer, Blaney, your top 10. Then you got Almarola, Bowman, Suarez, Jones, Larson, and Jimmy Johnson right now on the bubble for the playoff spot here, sitting in 16th. And uh, he is eight points up on Ryan Newman. And uh, I, I don't know, there's not going to be a lot of wiggle room. I mean, it really drops off quick outside of the top 16. So you're, I don't think you're going to see a lot of movement uh for drivers locked in the playoffs. Usually, I've said traditionally on this program, I think once you get out of the 600, which is, again, is just in a few weeks, your playoff field is traditionally set outside of a, a wild card win uh, in, a, in a late summer race, like maybe the, the July race at Daytona or a Watkins Glen in August. Usually, there's not a whole lot of movement in the, the playoff seedings, or at least for the 16 that are in, coming out of the Coke 600 at Charlotte. So, I mean, right now, you look at it, you've got Johnson... In 16th, he's 8 up on Newman. He's 11 up on Austin Dillon. Then you got uh, Byron with uh, 277, so that's 15 back at Jimmy Johnson. And then Menard and Stenhouse are 25 back at Johnson. So they can get there. I mean, it's within a race worth. But after that, you got Ty Dillon, who's um, mental math, not my strong suit, almost 70 points back uh, behind uh, Jimmy Johnson. So really, Newman, Dillon, Byron, Menard, and Stenhouse are within shouting distance of Jimmy Johnson. But beyond that, um, you know, that could be about it. So beyond that, these guys are going to need to get a win to make their way into the playoffs um, here as we approach kind of the halfway point of the regular season. So we'll see. That's, I guess, good news for Johnson. They've struggled, but hoping to get their season uh, turned around here early on uh, with the Hendrick Motorsports camp, who, again, had a great night last night um, at – at um at Kansas, so good run for them. As I said, the race last week at Dover was not as thrilling as uh, Martin Truex, you know, getting the win uh, last week there at Dover, and um, it, it lacked where Kansas kind of had the good action up front. Dover kind of lacked it, where guys uh, just could not get a run on the guy in clean air, which is you know continu- continues to be a problem. Uh, even with this new package, and it was really on display in Dover. A lot of guys were frustrated. Uh, but, yeah, Kyle Busch had some colorful comments to the media after the race. And then also uh, Bob Levine, the owner of Levine Family Racing, um, he also was on Twitter and not as strongly venting um, his displeasure with the package, but he also was on Twitter um, you know, about his 
about his frustration too with the package as well, but neither, um, neither both uh, Kyle or uh, Bob Levine were fined. They didn't receive any penalties from NASCAR. Steve O'Donnell uh, publicly said that, uh, you know, that they won't be penalized for their comments because NASCAR can be kind of sensitive to that, especially, you know, Kyle's had his issues in the past coming out and criticizing the package and other drivers have as well. But uh, they'll be allowed to uh, not be face any punishment for what they said uh, during the week. Uh, 803-0551, 888-550-2550. Um, as uh, Truex got the win last week at Dover, Bowman was second, Larson, Harvick, and Chase Elliott. They're uh, you know, finishing in the top five. And Elliott now, like I said, it's been on a hot streak uh, since the, the win at Talladega. Now three straight top fives for Elliott. So two Hendrick cars uh, have three in a row top fives with Bowman's three straight seconds and Elliott with a win, a fifth, and a fourth. And uh, all pretty strong runs uh, as the Chevy camp starts to improve here uh, as we approach the halfway of the regular season. And uh, that, that's, I think it's great to see, especially Elliott, because, he, again, I think the sport is better when its most popular drivers are also performing well. I think that that kind of needs to go hand-in-hand. Hand. For so long with Dale Jr., when he was in his kind of cold streak there in his first few years with the 88 car, um, you know, such a popular driver, but wasn't having the success. I, I think that hurts and it frustrates fans when their favorites aren't winning, especially when they're the biggest name in the sport. So I think Elliott uh, really needs to kind of be a force here this year. I think it would be better uh, for ratings and for uh, attention to the sport in general. Uh, 803-0551, 888-552-550. Trying, waiting to hear from Vito into the cell. He got the uh, APB out on him, so uh, hopefully we'll have him here soon. Uh, Formula One in action this morning. They were in Spain at Barcelona for the Spanish, Spanish Grand Prix, and I don't feel bad ruining any spoilers for you because you could probably guess if you've DVR'd the race who won it because, again, Mercedes 1-2 and two with Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas. Uh, no surprise, 1-2 and two for Mercedes. Max Verstappen finishing in third. Then you had Vettel in fourth with uh, Charles Leclerc running out the top five. Pierre Gasly finishing in sixth. Kevin Magnussen in seventh, giving uh, uh, Haas F1 a good day with two top tens as you had Carlos Sainz in eighth, Danny Kvyat in ninth, and Roman Grosjean running out the top ten. So both Haas F1 cars uh, finishing in the top ten. Uh, today uh, at the uh, Spanish Grand Prix there in Barcelona, but uh, the Mercedes lead in the points innings, I believe, is like over 50 right now uh, over Vettel. So it's uh, it's going to be a long, long season in Formula One. If you uh, are not a fan of either of the Mercedes drivers, if you're a Ferrari or Team Red Bull fan, uh, it is going to make for a long season there as it looks like it's just one of those years where one team is really going to dominate. And it's kind of been the story the last couple of years. I been, don't follow Formula One as closely, but it seems like in maybe last year, you know, the, there was a little more balance between uh, the, the Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull, but it seems like Mercedes uh, really has the advantage here in uh, 2019. Again, 803-0551, 888-550-2550. We also had the IndyCar race yesterday, the uh, Grand Prix of Indianapolis, the road course race uh, over at the Brookyard, which has become kind of the new tradition to kick off the month of May. Uh, it's a nice little change of pace. It, you know, it helps drum up some interest in the Brookyard, helps bring that uh, that you know that atmosphere of the month long of events. Especially, they don't have as much 
practice and qualifying doesn't take as long as it used to. So to help kind of fill in the weeks at the Brickyard, they added this race a few years ago, and it's different to see the Indy cars run on the road course and kind of run the opposite way on parts of the oval. Um, it's different if you've never seen it before, but uh, interesting race, wild race. Uh, they had weather. I don't think uh, I don't think they've run an Indy car race there in the rain. Uh, at least nothing comes to memory, but. Uh, they did get some rain, so they'd put the wet wet tires on, and it was a wild race. And Simon Pagano got the win. I believe this is his first win since uh, two years ago, since 2017. I think he went winless last season. So Pagano got the win, and what a drive for Pagano. Uh, he was running in sixth place with 16 laps to go and quickly picked his way through the top five. And then with about, I think it was about two laps to go or, or once he got past Jack Harvey for second, he was five seconds behind Scott Dixon, and he made that up and was able to pass Dixon uh, there inside the final two laps to take the win. So it was quite a drive for Pagano. I don't know if, if some guys were, were taking it a, a, let, a little bit easier in the rain um, yesterday um, or not, but he just uh, put on a clinic there in those final 16 laps to go from sixth to first. Very impressive. He got the win. Scott Dixon finished second. Jack Harvey, nice run for him in third. Matthias Leist finished fourth, and Spencer Piggott rounded out the top five. Then you had Ed Jones, Will Power, Felix Rosenquist, uh, Graham Rahal, and rookie Santino Ferrucci rounded out the top ten. Rosenquist uh, got his first career pull, uh, the rookie Swede uh, for Chip Ganassi racing yesterday, and he had a wild day. Two late pit stops for Rosenquist. Uh, he actually left pit road with flames on the car. Both the last two refueling stops, or, or two of their last few, last refueling stops yesterday, uh, the fuel caught fire both times. Um, and, and basically, when that happens, the drivers are told kind of to drive drive away because then the fire kind of puts itself out with the the air and the fuel falling off the car. But it was still wild to see both times leaving pit road. Uh, they must have had some kind of malfunction in the fueling system for that to happen on back to back pit stops. Uh, but he started on the pole, but wound up uh, eighth yesterday. Uh, other names in uh, in the field: Bourdais uh, coming home in eleventh, Marco Andretti in thirteenth, Takuma Sato in fourteenth. Joseph Newgarden in 15th, James Hinchcliffe finished 16th, Ryan Hunter Ray in 17th, Tony uh, Kanan finished 20th, Elio Castroneves making a rare start back in IndyCar. Of course, he'll look to go for his fourth Indy 500 win uh, in a couple of weeks. And uh, he unfortunately had an off-track excursion and wound up 21st. And Alexander Rossi had a rough day, too. On the initial start, uh, Patricio Award drove into the back of him as they went down the front stretch after taking the green, did some damage to the right rear tire. And uh, he was in and out of the pits, and he wound up 22nd. Also, bad day for Colton Herta, the rookie, uh, finishing in 23rd. So that really shook up the point standings in IndyCar. Uh, Newgarden still leads, despite uh, he had a pit road penalty for a loose tire. And his lead over Dixon is now 6 points, 182 to 176. Rossi's bad day hurts him. He falls back. He's down to 146. So he's 36 behind Newgarden. Pagano now up to fourth. He's into the top five with 138. And Sato now falls back to fifth in the standings. Will Power way back there. Well, not way back, but sixth in the standings. But still, uh, he is 119 to uh, his teammate Newgarden's 182. So that's you know about 63 points behind. But uh, still early in the IndyCar season. And, of course, don't forget it is a double points race uh, at for the Indianapolis 500. So um, that's why this race, the impo added importance of that. Uh, the double points there, and as I said last week, too, coming out of Indianapolis when they go to Belle Isle, that's a doubleheader weekend. So, again, you've got four points or four races worth of points 
uh, in those two weeks for the IndyCar drivers. So these guys that are uh, lost a little ground in New Garden yesterday can still make it up if they have a good run in the 500 and then uh, have a good weekend there up in Detroit as well, too, can really make it up in a big hurry. So looking forward to the Indianapolis 500 qualifying next weekend. Saturday, they'll lock in rows 4 through 11 for positions 10 through uh, 33 or or 10 through 30. And then um, poll day will be on Sunday, the Fast 9 from the – uh, from Saturday, we'll then race for, or not race, but uh, run for the pole um, on Sunday, and that'll lock in then the front three rows. And then I forgot to look when bump day was. Um, I guess that'll be okay. I misread the schedule. I guess that'll be part of, of qualifying on Saturday. Will be at a lock. Oh no, ten through thirty. Yeah. So I have, to, I have to study up on the qualifying format for the Indianapolis 500. Uh, when exactly they do bump day uh, for the f- for the 500? Because again, 36 cars will are entered, so three cars uh, will be going home, and uh, we'll uh, get our field of 33 locked in for the greatest spectacle in racing, uh, the Indianapolis 500. Of course, that will be ah there we go the last row shootout that is also on Sunday. Sorry, that will be before uh, the Fast Nine qualifying. So the Six cars, I guess, that'll be on the outside looking in from the top 30. They will go for those last three spots on sun- next Sunday at 12.15. Uh, I'm not sure if that's Central or Easter time there in Indianapolis. And then at, that'll be a two-hour session. And then after that, uh, or one-hour session, excuse me. And then after that will be the Fast 9 for the front three rows. So uh, so both Bump Day and Pull Day will be on Sunday at the Brickyard with spots 10 through 30 uh, being decided on Saturday afternoon. So apologize for not having that uh, down pat before the show, but uh, sorry to get we had to get we got it right though in the end. All right, we're up against the break. Um, when we come back, we'll uh, hope, try and get in touch with Vito Anacelli. If not, phone lines are going to be open here 803-0551-888-552-550. More fast track on this Mother's Day on WGR. Hi, this is Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford. You're listening to WGR. Sports Radio 550. Something about the way he says WGR just makes me giggle for some reason. Brad Keselowski, the winner last night at Dover, his third of the year. Great finish to the race last night, as I said. Uh, once Harvick unfortunately had his his, his issues, uh, it was great battle between Bowman and Keselowski and Eric Jones there in the final uh, the 75 laps or so of Keselowski coming out on top. So some promising results from the uh, from the Aero package there at Kansas last night. Uh, Friday night, the truck series was at Kansas, and Stuart Friesen almost had it. He was leading uh, with three to go, looking for his first win on a mile-and-a-half track, which we, we've been saying is where it's going to happen, and he runs out of fuel. Unfortunately for Stuart, on the last pit stop, there was some miscommunication. Uh, it was him and his crew chief, Trip Bruce. It was supposed to be a four-tire stop. He thought it was a two-tire stop. They changed the two tires, didn't get all the fuel in. He took off. He ran out of fuel with three to go, unfortunately. Uh, Ross Chastain got the win. And coincidentally, Ross Chastain's going to be in town this week. Uh, Ross is going to be doing some presentations with the West Seneca School District Tuesday and Wednesday about uh, seatbelt safety. That's all I know. Uh, the school district's had it on social media. I, uh, I, if you're a fan, I wouldn't try maybe show up or anything for an autograph, but still interesting. <laughs> kind of funny coincidence that uh, he gets a, a truck win, his first truck win, and he's going to be in town this week. So interesting coincidence there, but felt bad for uh, Stu. Uh, 
led 87 laps, mile and a half track. You know, he was on again. His mile and a half program is just phenomenal with the Hallmark team, and unfortunately couldn't get the job done. Um, but uh, still so close, very strong. Unfortunately lost the points lead coming out of Dover last week too. Uh, he is now in third in the standings. Gret Enfinger leads the Truck Series standings uh, by 13 over Brett Moffitt. Friesen is back to third now, 15 back of Enfinger, uh, but obviously very early in the season. And uh, hopefully soon, uh, actually, they go to Charlotte this week, another mile-and-a-half track. So hopefully uh, things will go Stuart Friesen's way. Uh, this I'm assuming they're running fr- uh, Friday uh, there at Charlotte as the lead him to uh, All-Star Weekend. NASCAR modified tour in action, too. It took them three tries, but they finally got the spring sizzler in over at Stafford. Uh, it was supposed to be uh, last weekend, and it rained out, and they wanted to do it Friday, and it was still raining, and they finally got it in yesterday. Doug Kobe picking up another win. Uh, in the two car, Craig Lutz finishing second, Ronnie Silk in third, Max Zackham in fourth, Eric Goodale in fifth, uh, then Justin Bonsignor, Patrick Emerling from Orchard Park finishing seventh, Sam Ramo, Timmy Solomito, Blake Barney round out the top ten, Timmy Catalano finishing 13th, his career best run on the NASCAR tour for Timmy, brother Tommy finishing in 17th, and uh, Tyler Ripkema finishing 23rd, unfortunately he crashed out of the event in uh, the Ripkema number 32, and Patrick Emerling continues his good start to the season on the NASCAR Tour. He is 17 back of Doug Kobe in the standings there uh, after the first handful of races this season. Well, unfortunately, we were not able to get in touch with Vito Antonacelli this morning. We will uh, look to rectify that in the future, but uh, standing by on the Western Hotline and playing the role of pinch hitter this morning is the promoter of the Race of Champions and the Race of Champions Modified Series. Uh, Joe Scott Nicky joins us on the line. Joe, good morning. Thank you for doing this on short notice, my friend. Oh, no problem, Dave. I hope you can hear me now. Yeah, sounding good. Uh, Joe, uh, exci- exciting week as I started off the show for, for Western New York pavement racing, uh, Holland straightening things out, and Lancaster now. Uh, new ownership and uh, stock car program, thanks to you and your team, and just talk a little bit about uh, getting together with Vito and Mike and how this deal came about for you to promote some stock car races at Lancaster this season. Well, actually, I, I still haven't met Mike, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, um, I met with Vito a couple weeks ago, and then we, we once again met with uh, Vito and Sylvia this week. And, um, you know, they, uh, they're they they're on the drag racing side, but they want to bring both sides, you know, back together. And they were looking for someone that was able to bring them a, a program that was an existing uh, entity and um, help them out and, you know, uh, Lancaster is near and dear to all of our parts in Western New York, and uh, I, I, you know, it, it, we're honored to do it, and uh, very thankful because, um, you know, it was a it was a long winter um, <laughs> trying to put everything together, and um, Dave, you, you know, you know just as good as anybody because you're uh, an integral part of our team, and um, you know, it was. Uh, touch and go and spotty and then we put the spencer deal together and you know um everybody knew what was going on uh in holland and and that didn't look so so good for a while and um you know things the the ship's getting righted and things will get going the ba- back in the right direction and that's what's most important to everyone and i i think that that's the key part of your deal working with lancaster is is Vito and mike you know probably 50, 60, maybe 75 years of drag racing experience between those two gentlemen, but they don't know anything about stock car racing. And, you know, they, they bought the, they bought the facility so late in the year. So for them to get 
some kind of stock car schedule put together and get it done right instead of trying to come trying to learn on the fly just bring in an experienced staff they can learn a few things this season for 2020 in the future but they can they can get a a program on track uh, with a staff of people that know the facility know the racers and can just continue what has been going on at that track for the last few years yeah that's uh, and i think that's how they looked at it i mean you'd have to you'd have to talk to them um you know on, on their perspective but certainly that's how we looked at it and, and that was our approach and you know the the way we're approaching this is hopefully uh, we can show them uh, what we're made of, and it becomes a long-term situation where, where they can focus on the facility, focus on selling tickets, focus on the promotion, and um, you know, um, working together, we can create and have the latitude to uh, put on some special events. And I, I, you know, this year, if you look at that schedule, it's all going to be special. Mm, yeah, and 13 events too, which is more than last season. And that that schedule starts this Saturday afternoon at the Shemung Speedrome. And speaking of you know, resurrection products, Joe, again, Shemung was, again, a, a question mark. Luckily, the Shemung que- question was answered much earlier this offseason with Ray Hodge coming in, but you, uh, they're a great partner and uh, looking forward to kicking off the season this Saturday at the Shemung Speedrome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we uh, we had the ability to put the the event on last year that coincided with the Watkins Glen weekend and had a, a phenomenal turnout of folks and race cars and, um you know, uh, it's going to be the same Saturday afternoon when we get there. Uh, you know, we've got folks from all over coming back to run the series, and we're uh, um, just really looking forward to getting the getting going and putting all the drama behind us mm-hmm. and, and doing what we do best, which is which is put on races and and uh, entertain folks, and and that's. You know, a winner like this, I hope we never face one again and just looking forward to Saturday afternoon at Chamon. I agree wholeheartedly. And, I mean, coming off a lot, it, 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 unfortunately it took away from what was a great year last year. I mean, the year series alone, you had Chuck Hosfeld, who was, you know, Mr. Automatic when it came to being fast off the trailer and locking up a lot of fast qualifier points and having strong, consistent finishes. And then you had Andy Jankowiak, Lock, uh, rack up a bunch of wins along the way, and it made for an exciting title fight that came down to the Race of Champions 250 last September. Yeah, if you wanted drama um, and you like motorsports, the when that race started last September, um, nobody knew the outcome um, of what the championship was going to be or, or who was going to win that race. You know, everybody likes to to put Matt Hirschman in victory lane before the green flag drops, but that certainly wasn't the case. And until uh, Andy Jankowiak had some unfortunate engine problems, it uh, it was turning out to uh, to be quite a heavy heavyweight battle. And I don't I don't think you'll see anything different this year. I, you know, Chuck's returning, Andy's returning, Matt's going to be you know uh, big money Matt and hit those shows that he wants, and and he's always. Uh, He's always the guy to beat when he's when he's on on the racetrack uh, with us, and and then you've got you know Patrick Emmerling's going to be in and out. I'm not too sure if Pat's going to run the whole deal or they're going to you know commit to the tour, but um, the, the NASCAR Whaling Tour. But um, you know there's only one conflict there that really affects anything now. Um, so Pat will you know be at the majority of the races, um, and then there's the up and coming group of Daryl Lewis Jr. and and uh, Eric Beers, Jack Ely. I mean, there's there's a lot of competitive people that run our series, and 
you want to see a, a you know a good uh, traditional modified racing show where you have to race from the time the gate drops on the on the trailer stop out and see one of our races because they are pretty exciting Joe Scott Nicky, the promoter of the Race of Champions, joining us. He'll be putting on six racing shows at the Lancaster Speedway at New York International Raceway Park this season. And, Joe, you kind of took the the essence of the Lancaster schedule to put these six races on and kind of hit all the – uh, we're playing all the hits, I guess you could say. You've got the Old Boy Cup, uh, the Tommy Tony 110 in the U.S. Open for the Modifieds, plus you were, you, you've added in the, the Joe Riley tribute race for the Sportsman, the the, 70, the 54 lapper there, the Ken Heckler tribute for the Street Stocks. Street Stocks a big part of Lancaster. So, uh, you know, like I said, playing all the favorites and at least giving the fans, uh, you know, some of their favorite races at Lancaster this year. Yeah, we you know as much time as we've spent at Lancaster over the years, um, you know the model that works, and, and you know what events you need to have. Um, you know, the the Tommy Tony, you know, we were going to give it a home, no matter what happened with Lancaster, mm-hmm. um, because that race is so critical to the families and um, the Drew and Jane Kroliak families have have done so much for the sport and. Um, you know, so so we had planned that anyway, and knew that if Lancaster came around, we we could move the race back and, and adjust the Spencer schedule and and you know uh, appease both worlds. Um, but when it, when it came time to put the Lancaster schedule together, we needed to we needed to put a program together that worked for Vito, uh, Sylvia, and Mike because I mean realistically. Um, they didn't. I don't think they knew what they were getting into on the stock car side, and, and we don't want them to stub their toe. Um, we want them to have successful events, exciting events, and, and that put fans in the stands. And and that was the goal. And uh, hopefully, we can help to promote do that. Um, for you know, to, to keep Lancaster viable for years to come. But it wasn't too hard to figure out which events to to put on the schedule for for Lancaster. Well, Joe, uh, like many a race fan in Western New York, breathing some sighs of relief over the last couple of weeks. As you said, it was a a long winter and there were some dark times, but uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel and it may stop raining someday around here. Uh, Very excited that that things are are working out in the end. Joe, again, thank you on short notice for uh, joining us this morning. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck this Saturday with the opener at Shemung, the Lid Lifter 75 at the Shemung Speed Drone. For more information, check out rocmodifiedseries.com. And uh, let's have a great 2019, Joe. Looking forward to it, Dave, and uh, see you soon. I'm sure you'll be in Bandit Land next Saturday, and hopefully those guys can uh, get their championship done. So. Look forward to it. Yep. I was going to touch base with you this afternoon. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Dave. See you. All right. Bye. Joe Scott Nicky from the ROC Modified Series. Uh, uh, again, starting off at Chemung. And again, great news that uh, we'll get some stock car racing at Lancaster. And again, full slate of drag racing, too. Again, they'll kick off uh, the drag side of the portion at Lancaster this Saturday, actually, with a test and tune session for the drags. And then the Friday night IHRA drag racing program kicks off. Uh, the following uh, Friday, and they go right in, back into the traditional kind of three-night schedule for the drags. Uh, Tuesday, test and tune amateur drags and, and junior dragsters. Uh, Wednesday, cruise nights will be back on Wednesdays, and then the Friday night I-Trade drag racing program, uh, which is uh, huge. It, it, the drag, as much as we talk about the stock car racing, because you know, that's the side I work with more, the the track being open this year at Lancaster for the drag people is even more important. I I, I don't want to understate that because whereas 
The stock car side, there's some other options here in Western New York if it if it didn't open because there are, is Wyoming County and there's Holland and there's all the dirt tracks in the area. The drag side, they don't hit. They've got. They've got Leicester. They've got New York International Raceway Park in Leicester. Uh, Empire Dragway in Leicester used to be New York International when when Vito and a- the Antonicellis ran it a few years ago. They've got that, but they don't have a whole as many other options if there wasn't a Lancaster Speedway and Dragway this season. So I think for even the drag racing community, it even means that much more because uh, the, there's not as many plan. There wasn't as many Plan Bs for them, uh, especially so close to home. So I, I think it means it just as much, if not more, for the drag racing community. And I'm sure they'll be out in force to support it, especially because of the great ties that uh, Vito and Mike have with the drag racing community because of their years in the sport. I mean, uh, again, if you're not familiar with local drag racing, Vito's been a, a car builder and involved in the sport for, for decades. Mike Swinarski has had success locally and nationally uh, in drag racing. So these guys have a lot of ties. So hopefully all bodes well for the future of racing in West New York. And as, as we emerge from uh, a dark winter of uncertainty. But uh, there was some racing this weekend, too. Friday, not so good. But Saturday, a couple of tracks did get their shows in again. And we're going to cover that next as we wrap up this edition of Fast Track with the local racing roundup. Coming up next. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. Unfortunately, Friday night was a washout once again for the area raceways, especially uh, over at Ransomville Speedway. The water was literally rushing across the driveway uh, for the entrance of the Speedway Friday night at the Big R. So unfortunately, three Friday night rainouts in a row for the Big R. They will try again this Friday night, try and get the uh, 2019 season going at the Big R. Uh, State Line Speedway also a, a rain out this weekend. Saturday a little bit better, and a couple of tracks were able to dry out, including the Genesee Speedway. J.J. Mazer getting the win in the crate late models. Kyle Inman getting the sportsman win over Austin Susie and, and Jim Harbison. Kurt Stebbins got the win in street stocks. Eric Weiss in the mini stocks. Brian Gregory in the bandits. And Brad Shepard won their enduro. Uh, Merrittville also getting in their second show of the season up in Thorold, Ontario. And it was the Brian Stevens Memorial for the 358 Modifieds. And Gary Lindbergh uh, beat Matt Williamson and Mike Bowman. Ryan Susie, Tim Jones brought out the top five there. Adam Leslie got the sportsman win over Brad Rouse and Chad Chevalier. Rob Murray over Dave Bailey in the Hoosier Stocks. Kyle Rothwell in the four cylinders. Josh Schleider in the mod lights. John Couture in the uh, six cylinder division there at Merrittville Speedway. So uh, every other track, uh, other tracks looking to get on track, uh, pardon the pun, this season. But uh, luckily, Genesee and Merrittville, they're two for two uh, with uh, these last two weeks. Good to see everybody's getting their shows in and tracks continuing to open up. Uh, Freedom Motorsports Park will be getting on track soon. Same for Wyoming County Speedway. And again, also this coming Saturday, uh, Test and Tune at Lancaster for the Drags. And Shemung Speedrome is the first kind of pavement race in the area this year for the Race of Champions Modifieds at 2 o'clock this Saturday uh, out there in Shemung. Make the nice trek down uh, 390 to uh, Interstate 86 and, and make your way into Shemung. So hopefully you find some racing this weekend or find your way to Bandit Land on Saturday night. Either way, you won't be disappointed. i got to plug both, both sides of... <laughs> my uh, sports here that I am near and dear to my heart. So thanks for listening. Uh, Again, happy Mother's Day. Thank you for listening. We'll be back here next Sunday with more Fast Track on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.